This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrap Up Live, the Raptors Republic post-game Raptors show where we go live on YouTube and on the podcast feed after every Toronto Raptors game. Uh, I'm your host, Warren Weisfeld. I'm joined by Keon Haddad and Sahal Abdi will be here very shortly. He's having some technological issues, but he'll be here shortly. And we just watched the Raptors defeat the New York Knickerbockers 123-121. to in a game that I would describe as chaotic. Um, lots of bright spots for the Raptors, for sure, and they get they get the win, which is always the most important thing, but really lots of lack of execution down the stretch as well, things that we're going to talk about, but things that kind of cost the Raptors games a lot of times this season, that they get lucky tonight. Jalen Brunson misses the three that w- would have won the game for the Knicks at the buzzer, but... Uh, in a lot of ways, the Raptors are lucky to win this game after some of the mistakes they made, letting R.J. Barrett get an open dunk uh, at the end of regulation, letting Julius Randle get the and one at the end of overtime after a, a Scotty Barnes turnover. Uh, but the Raptors fought, and they played some really good defense, uh, if nothing else, down the stretch. And they come away with a 123-121 win. Here's the end. Here is the last play. I'll just show it quickly at the very end of the game to send the Raptors home. Um, you never want Achua taking a really – let's stop right there. Let's stop it right there. As soon as Scotty made this pass, and it's not Scotty's fault. Like, he was doubled. This is just kind of a personnel issue. Siakam fouls out. But, but Achua shooting like two feet off the three-point line, top of the arc three, you just never want that with the game on the line. Uh, no disrespect to Achua, but that's just never been his shot. Like, he's a good corner three-point shooter. He, he's good from some of the elbow three-pointers, but, like, not this far especially. Anyways, that's an ideal. Uh, Jalen Brunson gets the rebound here. I'm not sure if his foot was on the line. I think that would have been a pretty interesting call had the shot gone in. But, man, the Raptors get lucky. So, Keon, now that you're ready, uh, let's just talk about the end of the game. Before we get into Scotty, because I definitely want to talk about his performance today. But um, I guess, like, with the end of the game, was it more so, like, the Raptors being stupid? Or were you impressed with some stuff the Knicks were doing or were they just getting unlucky? Like, how would you kind of summarize the end of the game? I want to give credit, but I mean, it was very, I'd have to give it Raptors being stupid. You're up six and you allow a four point play basically after you had the ball. 
Let's go back to when Fred fouled when they were tied. Oh my god, Fred fouls when they were tied. I, I, I totally forgot about that. So much happened. That like yeah, you, you want to like get on Fred for that, but he was the reason the Raptors were even in this game when they were struggling at the start. Um, yeah. he hit a huge three at the end of the shot clock. Uh, uh, after he got Grimes to jump in the air, um, hit a huge corner three two. Uh, you want to hate on Fred, but that was pretty inexcusable. I'm not going to lie to you. That was wild. I was shocked. I was like, I had to like wipe my eyes for a second just to see like if I was seeing the right thing. That was pretty it reminded, cool. It really reminded me of the um, <laughs> the LeBron game one against uh, yeah. the Golden State Warriors. And what's his name? Uh, the shooter uh, who Jordan. plays golf now. What? The guy who plays golf now. George Hill? No, no. The, <laughs> the shooter at the end of the who, – who got the rebound off the free throw and then ran out the clock because he thought they were up. Oh, J.R. Smith? J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith. Ex-New <laughs> York Nick, J.R. Smith. Yeah. Um, man, my, my memory is really getting to a dark place. But, yeah, it reminded me of that when he fouled. I looked at the score and I'm like, it's tied. What are you doing? But, anyways, go on. He kind of he gave that same facial expression, too, that he did. That was like, yeah. exa- man, like that. So much happened after that I totally forgot that even happened. But yeah. Br- Brunson split the free throws after that, and then Fred takes a three pointer with twelve seconds left. Right I after, that th- I also hated that shot. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I think they called a timeout after the Brunson free throws. It drew up a play, mm-hmm. and they drew up a like. 28 foot bomb from Fred like I just didn't understand the play called down one mind you they weren't down two they didn't need a three to go up mm-hmm. that was an inexcusable play call Scotty fortunately gets the rebound and then let's let's keep going from there he gets the rebound he hits two free throws and I'm, I'm trying to they're up or they're up one now at this point right he gets two free throws and how do yeah, I'm going to it yeah <laughs> So much happened. It's like it's all meshing in my brain. Yeah, he makes one free throw. Raptors do call a timeout at that point. Fred misses a twenty-six yeah. foot. It should just say bomb right here. <laughs> uh, and then he Scotty hit two free throws. Knicks call a timeout. And then Brunson missed a, a jumper, and Randall shoved him in the back. Right. Yep. Randall loose ball foul. Scotty makes one free throw. RJ Barrett gets the rebound. I'm going to see if I can find this clip for the viewers who maybe just want to see it again. Um, but RJ or Scotty, after the first free throws, was, was playing with the Garden a bit. He was he was taunting taunting them and all that. And, yep. <laughs> and then he gets right back to the free throw line and misses a free throw and then gets dunked on. If you want to say that's Scotty's fault, I mean, I'm not going to say that because they left him kind of on an island with no help. But he yeah. still gets dunked on right after. Man, and yeah. he's, he played a great game. He played a really good game. But we're obviously going to have to talk for about sure. that. Well, we will. But, uh, yeah, like, it's Scotty's fault for missing the rebound. It's really hard to stay in front of guys in transition. That's just kind of like you can't really say, like, it's his fault for not staying in front of him. Just like a one-on-one head of steam and transition. That's unfair. Yeah. The team has to know time and score four seconds on the clock. He's at hat. Like the only thing RJ has time to do is go straight to the hoop. There isn't a pass out and a three. There's no time for that. 
So this is, yeah, for me, it's on everyone. They should form a wall. That They should live without kick-out three, even if there was time for that. Um, so it's on the whole team to, to form a wall. And this is terrible defense. Like, big-time play from RJ. I don't want to take that away from him. But that was... that's regulation. Oh, oh, actually, you know what? Sorry. <laughs> I'm not even done. Hey, I'm not even done hating on the Raptors in a Raptors win, but they mm-hmm. have zero point six on the on the shot clock. Call a timeout. It's like at least just give the oh, ball to Gary no. like one to three. They just throw it at Randall and Randall tips it in that game. Like another terrible out of timeout. So that's two end of timeout. Just they, terrible draws for the Raptors. They threw it at a crowd of three Raptors and three Knicks, and I think the Rap the Raptors might have had two of the shortest players in that like whole match. It was like Robinson, it was Randall in there, and, and I, I don't even know what you were trying to draw up because I don't think the players like they all just stood there and Randall just tipped it out of bounds and that was overtime. Like that was pretty inexcusable. I would have had Fred or Gary not like Fred was inbounding. You want him, he has pro- him and Gary have the quickest releases on the team. You want them out there to shoot a shot. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know how they came out with this one. I'm not going to lie. Second is we go to overtime. Uh, OG Ananobi is huge for them in overtime offensively. He knocks down two threes. Uh, after having a really bad offensive game for the, for the most part, I think he just had one other three all game. He knocks down uh, two threes yep, in overtime. He was yeah. 0 for 5 from 3 before that overtime. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Barnes was great in overtime. Pascal defensively was great uh, until he fouled out, which the NBA just needs to police this stuff better. Like that RJ Barrett foul was just a merchant free throw play, moved his mm-hmm. elbow to get to get Pascal. Like I hate those type of fouls. The NBA really needs to police them better. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, so anyways, Raptors play well. At this point in the game, they have a 123-117 lead. It's it's over if you just hold on to the ball pretty much. Scotty turns it over, and then this happens. Um, they foul Randall. Randall gets the end one. So, yeah, I think throw. we've – He missed the free throw and then, got, and then they got the rebound, right? Yeah, and then RJ yeah. got fouled. <laughs> right. Yeah, and rebounding was a huge issue for the Raptors tonight. Um, the Knicks had 20 offensive rebounds to the Raptors, 14. Uh, killed them on the glass, mostly Mitchell Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. So we've, we've, we've hated on the Raptors enough. Let's talk about the good. Uh, what, do you, what do you want to say about Scott's performance tonight? I mean, I think probably I know Taxman's later down the line, but I think Scotty absolutely should be in contention for that. He was aggressive all game and we've talked about it all season. When he asserts himself into a game, he can be so dominant. And today, just like would never keep his foot off the gas. Twenty six points, he had seven rebounds and uh four assists. Some of those assists were absolute beautiful passes. The one to Siakam in yeah, overtime, absolutely. when he got the ball and he hit the cut, was an, just a great pass. That's just great IQ. And then that skip pass to OG in the corner as well in overtime. Yeah. But, yeah, this is the Pascal one. Yeah, that's a tough needle to thread for sure. 
Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. he was just – what? Did you have something? No. Right. Yeah, he, he was great all game. And without him and Fred, I thought like the Raptors would have no chance in this one, and they really stepped up. And this is what they're going to need all season from these two if they want to at all have a chance to get back and climb with these standings and make a run in the playoffs. Or yeah. at the playoffs, not in the playoffs. Yeah. Not to get, like, too, like, existential about it, but this did feel like a pretty momentous game from Scotty at MSG. Mm-hmm. We don't often see him do the, like, taunt the crowd thing or whatever. We don't – he's not a big trash talker. He's not a big – I mean, we've seen it in his rookie year, I would say, more, where he had these really emotional moments. This was maybe the first time I really saw it in his sophomore year. Um, but he was just – he was the best player on the court, I think. Like, we showed a couple of those assists, um, just absolute dimes. And I'll read out the box score. And, and this is what I really liked was right from the get-go, he was getting to the free-throw line. I think he started one of, one of four, made the next eight, uh, ended, with, ended with nine of 13. But he was just relentlessly getting to the free-throw line, getting on the offensive glass, six rebounds, offensive rebounds. A steal, two blocks, four assists, 26 points, plus eight. Um, yeah, it did feel a bit like, I don't want to say a coming out party, but like just that was his MSG game. And I'm sure he's going to have more MSG games in his career because he's 21. But like that was, uh, it was huge because I was saying to my friend today, like after the Atlanta loss, it felt like, and I don't know if you ever watched the like, uh, press conferences do you want did you see the raptors practice press conference from i yesterday? saw i saw the nick nurse tweet the, exactly. the, what he said the, yeah yeah so i was just saying to my friend things are like getting a little chippy right now and like the raptors are teetering on this edge and i was really i basically said this game and the books game are going to determine their season in a lot of ways and i know we've been saying that all season but like yeah it was encouraging for them to get this win uh, after the way they came out in Atlanta and after the way that the practice kind of looked, uh, the vibes were very off. So I guess happy I got they got the win. I'm, I, I still have some real concerns in terms of, like, it feels like the only way they can win is in these games where they, like, force however many turnovers. Uh, okay, 12 turnovers, not crazy, but 21 points off 12 turnovers for the Raptors. Like, it does feel a little bit still like they, they have to match this formula to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how sustainable that is. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What else do you want to say about this game? It looked pretty grim at first. It felt kind of like the Atlanta game started where the Knicks were getting off just seemed like the more energetic team. And it was kind of crazy because this is the second straight game. The Raptors have played someone on their second night of a back-to-back. Is that correct? Yeah. And and they got off to a much faster start than the Raptors did. And it looked like, man, it's the same thing again and again. Like, you don't see good teams getting questioned about their energy and their effort in press conferences, right? Like, like what is it about this team? Like, is it is it effort? Is it just like the personnel? But they definitely manned the ship, and, and that like Fred Van Vliet, when the Raptors were struggling to get a bucket all throughout the start of the game, was really huge for them. 
just keeping them afloat and giving him and keeping them in striking distance. Uh, Raptors went up 10 at one point in the second quarter. And then the Knicks went on, like, I think it was a 15-2 run. And Fred was huge and, and, and instrumental in stopping that. So I, I agree slightly when you say that it feels like this is how the Raptors are going to have to win most games, at least against good teams. Like, I think we can call the Knicks a good team at mm-hmm. this point in the season. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. But I, I feel like Pascal isn't going to play as, as passive – I don't want to call him passive because he took 19 shots, but he took a lot of threes early in the shot clock. He didn't hit a single one. Um, but I feel like that's not the Pascal we should be expecting to see in the future. But an OG was was like, it's this thing we've talked about all year where when him and Pascal are out there together, he kind of looks like just a spot up shooter. And that's just not what we want him to be. We want him to be aggressive because we've seen him without Pascal be aggressive and be able to, um, be a huge have a huge role in this offense so I mean he he went 0 for 5 from 3 before overtime he hadn't had one field goal all in regulation I feel like if we, that can change going forward and uh, if Scotty keeps playing like this I think the Raptors can start to make a little bit of a run here yeah for sure I think Scotty playing like this solves a lot of things in the hierarchy because if Scotty, and this is kind of what a lot of people hope for coming into the season, just hasn't bared out, but like if Scotty can be your number two option in terms of your second best offensive player, then OG and Fred are, are probably in the right roles. Whereas right now they're probably overextended a little. And I agree, Pascal just he is going through a slump this season in the last week or so, but I'm pretty confident he's gonna get back to the form he was in for most of the season. Some of those threes are also going to start going down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for, it, it's weird with Fred, too, because, like, there is this thing where you want him to be confident, and he talked about it in the J.J. Reddick pod. There's, like, a balance between, like, sometimes he has to shoot these crazy shots because that's kind of who he is and who he's always been, and, and he's, like, really confident guy, and shooter and all that and then sometimes he takes those shots and you're going crazy but to your point at the end of the fourth quarter he was super confident he had that one setback at the elbow triple he had that one three with the pick and roll and yeah he was just super confident offensively looking for his own shot hunting his own shot and I'm sure a lot of fans were like holding their breath at that because I mean, this is a guy who has struggled for large parts of this season and who is very polarizing within the fan base. But when he is knocking down shots, which most of his career he has, this is kind of how it looks. And, it, yeah, I mean, your, your team needs you, it. Sometimes your team needs that guy, too, who's unafraid in those moments to just keep shooting. And even Pascal doesn't have that at times like as much as I wish he did like he'll miss a couple in a row and then start deferring where sometimes I wish he just kept going 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 because he's that good um so yeah that's that's kind of where I'm at with those guys I wanted to ask about Gary though because last couple games Gary has struggled I mean, I actually wanted to talk about Van Vliet's defense. It really wasn't good to start the game, but whatever. We don't need to go there. Um, (laughs) Gary is – Yeah. 
where he's confusing me a little bit recently though because he felt so instrumental to their success for like that streak when he was shooting the ball really well and then mm-hmm. the last few games he just hasn't shot the ball really well and it's like you don't notice him out there like i noticed towards the end of the game and in overtime he didn't touch the ball at yeah. all and it's just like maybe this is like this is why i question his fit at times cuz when he's shooting the ball, man, they need him. When he's not shooting that well, he's pretty much just, like, if they're not running things through him, he's just standing there. He's kind of a base, like, average on defense. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I guess I don't really know what his role is going forward. I feel like he has to play these minutes at times because if you're looking at who the Raptors are deploying – like it felt from the start that this was going to be a win they had to get. They Nick played an eight-man rotation, and none of them, none of the players off the bench were guards except Malachi Flynn, who played only three minutes. Like mm-hmm. it, you, Gary, he has to be out there just for the just for the fact that he can spread the floor and just give these guys more room to work, because mm-hmm. no one off the bench can give him that. Like you, on that last possession, like. We're relying on Precious Achua to hit a clutch three to put the game away, right? Like, there's no one coming off the bench that can spread the floor like he can. He has to be out there. You need to have a shooter because it, it, it's just straight – it's just facts that the rest of the Raptors starters are inconsistent shooters. Like, it, it, it's been like that all year. And I'm not saying Gary is at all consistent, but he is probably – if you were to look at the percentages, he's probably the best one or him yeah. and OG – um, he has to be out there. I don't know his role. I agree with you. He looked kind of invisible at the end of the game. He wasn't really like like you. Re- you really can see him when he's coming off the stagger screens, coming off the dribble handoffs. Like he he needs to have the ball in his hands to operate. And defensively, he's not really giving you much unless it's getting into passing lanes. And he hasn't been doing that at all. Uh, great this year compared to last year where he was um, doing it at an elite level. But I mean, he has to be out there. You have to, you have to live by Gary. You have to die by it as well. Yeah, I just, I guess, I wonder at times if like they could just get a more kind of cheaper, basic three and D option if that is his role at times instead of uh, Gary. But I also get that there are games where he goes off and he saves them offensively, and maybe the answer is just that some games stuff runs through Gary and some games he's going to sit on the side. But I guess I'm wondering this because you're going to have to pay this guy $120 million if you want to keep him, you know, in that, in that range. Um, and, and you need to consider these things before the trade deadline, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know there's a lot of Gary truthers out there and, and I think he's a really good player, but then I watch games like this where I'm just like, Okay, if Scotty is really coming along and and OG wants the ball and Pascal is who he is and Fred who's like where does Gary fit in all this? I guess that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I feel yeah. like that's why I feel like he's gonna get traded, honestly. Yeah, especially because <laughs> like, I don't think the size is ready to pay him that at this time. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think either him or Fred, like just. I don't think they mm-hmm. want to walk into free agency with two guys who are unrestricted free agents or whatever. I agree. Um, 
The only one I wanted to make on the Knicks were like, holy smokes, they shot the ball terribly in this game. So did the Raptors, obviously. Like Brunson, 11 <laughs> for 29. Barrett, 10 for 23. Randall was 7 for 20. Mitchell Robinson, I tweeted this. Like, he gave the Raptors problems, and someone replied to me and was like, he only has three rebounds at the time or something. But it's like, even if he only had a few, like, eight rebounds to end this game, five offensive, he was tipping everything out, and then guys were getting offensive rebounds. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they just can't contend with these bigs at the rim. And he had, a, he had okay, only one block um, on OG at the end there. But I, I'm just so tired of seeing, like, average centers – completely changed games against the Raptors. Yeah. Claxton. I honestly think those those Brooklyn wins were like completely Claxton. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just frustrating to see like teams with with like, yeah, average centers basically beat the Raptors because they can't contend with them on the boards and, and they take away the paint from the Raptors super easily. There was one possession in this game where Pascal like drove and there and there was literally every Nick was just sitting in the paint and just like not worried about the kickouts at all. It was during that second quarter, like quarter um bench lineup with like Precious, Boucher, mm-hmm. Barnes, Siakam, and I think Wancho. And I was like, Jesus, they need some shooting badly. That's my other point, is just like if Barnes and, and Siakam are this is who they are, and they play off each other really well. But they're both guys who operate in the paint and are passers. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would, if that was your two best guys, the rest of the team should just be shooters. And instead, mm-hmm. there are no shooters. It's like there's two shooters. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Yeah. I agree. And, and to your rebounding point, it wasn't just Robinson. There was a possession in the fourth quarter. Quentin Grimes goes up and gets an offensive rebound over three Raptors. I don't know if you remember that possession. He had what three offensive rebounds all game. The Raptors, the Knicks guards were just getting like just wreaking havoc in the paint, getting rebounds over any Raptor they could, and that was like yeah, mostly due to Mitchell Robinson because he's just such a force in there. He commands so much attention, and it's just it's so frustrating watching this team try to rebound the ball because like it, it, it's Knicks getting three shots of possession like that that shouldn't be happening. And yeah. I don't really know what you can do without a trade. And I don't know if there's a trade available that – because I don't know if there's a trade available really to help you with that. I, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's complicated too because Coloco and Precious are both coming along and you don't want to give up a bunch of assets exactly. to get a center who a year from now is just going to lose minutes to Coloco and Precious. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think they're going to go out and get a center. But to your point, there's nothing you can do about it like – the Raptors have games where they rebound really well as a team and gang rebound the two Charlotte games for sure. Even the Atlanta game. Uh, and you're like, Oh, maybe this can work, but it just can't work over the course of the season. There's going to be teams like the Knicks where offensive rebounding machines who mm-hmm. kill you. And like today the Raptors were the better team, but the Knicks were just keeping things alive constantly. So, yeah, the answer eventually, I think, has to either come with Coloco and Precious playing a lot more or externally. Yeah, but I think Masai is too focused, like, on the future. He's not going to bring in a center now to win games this year when 
we know his goal isn't to make the play and to win a championship. And I, I don't think bringing in a center now would get you any closer to that. Yeah. Uh, let's do a quick ad read before we move on. <laughs> Manscaped, uh, a loyal sponsor to the show. Manscaped.com. If you use the promo code WRAPUP, R-A-P-U-P, you get 20% off all products and free shipping with that promo code. And yeah, I mean, they sell great male grooming products. It, take a look at their website. You'll, you'll be sure to find something you like, like the Lawnmower 3.0. 99 bucks you know 20 percent off that and free shipping and and that's a lifetime product you're gonna have to to deal with your pubes and it's like it's a great product we we got it i've been using it been really enjoying it safe it's safe and that's the biggest thing really and uh great product so yeah go to manscape.com and use our promo code it helps the show too if you just want to help the show go buy something with their promo code so yeah that's the manscaped read all right. Do you have anything else you want to say about the game or about the Raptors before we uh, get out of here? I don't think so. I think we covered most of it. We went pretty in-depth there. Yeah, I agree. Taxman, we, we hit on it earlier, but the Can-Am Taxman of the night, we're going to give that to Scotty Barnes. The only player that really has an argument is probably Freddie, who uh, had a game-high 33 points, eight assists, two steals, two blocks, which are really steals, um, five rebounds, and, and he hit five threes. Um, but Fred, 10 from 23 from the field. Scotty was a lot more efficient in addition to making just some really, really clutch plays, especially clutch offensive rebounds down the stretch, getting in the line 13 times. That might be a career high from him. Um, Scotty had some mistakes, make no doubt about it, towards the end of the game, but those are learning mistakes the young players make, and they got to win. So the mistakes really don't matter. Only the good things he did matters. And, yeah, some of the assists Scotty was making tonight, like they were playing out, out of the post with him, and he was getting double teamed, which is nice to see because that means he's being aggressive. He's getting to the rim in single coverage. And, man, we've already known this. As soon as – that's what I've always said about Scotty. Like he has the hard part down. As soon as he figures out the scoring on one-on-one situations and the doubles come, he's such a good passer that that's not even going to be an adjustment for him. Like that's going to be when he starts to really thrive. So we we saw some of that today with some of that post passing. And Scotty Barnes, tax man of the night. Go to canamtax.com or call the number to type your screen because tax season's coming up and uh, it's uh, it's the best place to get your taxes done for cheap and they'll get you government money back which you deserve. All right, Keon, thanks for hopping on. Uh, do you have anything to say to the people before we get out of here? Come have you not tomorrow. given up on the Raptors yet? I just want to know that real quick. Are you, ha- have you given up yet or no? I'm going to give it uh, a couple weeks. Uh, we'll okay. wait till the trade deadline, I think. But I'm still going to root for them to win. I'm not ready for tanking just yet because that was hard last time. That was really hard. Agreed. I'm, I'm there with you. I'm giving them – the end of this week. I'm mm-hmm. giving them one more week to, oh, you got to a short really, uh, I mean, we're pretty far. We're pretty far down the, the rabbit hole. But, <laughs> hey, this is, a, this is an encouraging win. And they got the Bucks tomorrow. Tune in national for that. TV. I think it's okay. national TV tomorrow. Okay. Big game. I hope it's not what happened last time they played the Bucks on national TV where they look <laughs> one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. 
one of the greatest, greatest comebacks. One of the greatest fake comebacks. Look at you. Look at this optimist. <laughs> Love it. All right. We'll be back tomorrow night after the game. Check us out then. Like, subscribe. We appreciate it all. Bye. Night.